If you've done something to somebody and you say, I'm sorry, please forgive me. Yeah. And those words right there, if that doesn't open a door that's been bolted shut, mm-hmm. nothing will. Is- uh, this is getting to me. Who do I pay for this therapy? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Living and Learning. I'm Reba McIntyre, and I'm here with my beautiful co-host, good buddy, best friend, (gasps) Melissa Peterman. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing really well. So we've got a real hot topic today. It's called uh, Cancel Culture. To guide us through today's topic, we'll be speaking with writer Jen Hatmaker. And star of the hit Netflix series, Queer Eye, Karamo Brown. Y'all stick around. So when we say cancel culture. What does that mean to you, Melissa? Somebody gets caught saying something that is either politically incorrect or insensitive and people immediately go, nope, bye, we're done with you. And they can find stuff on social media, maybe stuff you said, you know, 20 years ago, 10 years ago, and they'll find it and they'll call somebody out on either their words or actions. And then they'll, instead of, you know, giving them an opportunity to evolve and learn, they just say, bye, you're canceled. You're canceled. Yeah. One of my favorite sayings is cut me some slack. Yeah. I never want to embarrass anyone. I never want to hurt anybody's feelings. And if I ever said anything out of line or ever in the future say anything that is going to be hurtful to somebody, for somebody to come up and say, hey, you know, you probably shouldn't have done that. My first reaction will probably say what I say and why. Because I certainly don't mean to be mean. Ever. Well, right. Like you want to have a conversation about what happened instead of just be they shut you out. Because I think that doesn't help anything. That doesn't improve. That doesn't teach anybody anything. No. If you immediately shut somebody down and end the conversation, and some of these are important conversations. They're conversations about race and they're conversations about politics and religion. And these are conversations that I think people need to have. And if you immediately shut it down, you know, how do people learn and grow? You you stop growing when you stop talking. And growing is uncomfortable sometimes, and you got to just push through it. And I think that's what's hard. Yes. There's some people that when they do get canceled, I have to admit I'm kind of happy about it, but then I realize I shouldn't enjoy that. I wouldn't want that to happen to me if I had said something or I misspoke. And I think we need to give people a chance when they do misspeak. I agree with that 100%. We need more grace and forgiveness And for people to have the opportunity to discuss and learn what they said or did was wrong or hurtful. If they just step back and say, wait a minute, was that right or wrong? And did I hurt somebody? Then they probably either need to apologize or start backpedaling. Why don't everybody just be nice? You know, I wish they could, Reba. Yeah. Do you feel scared, like sometimes saying stuff in public? I mean, you're in the public eye. Oh, I do. Yeah. I have to really uh, think. My eighth grade teacher, Mr. Roberts, used to say, think before you speak. And I'm using it more now than ever. I'll tell you how ignorant I was to being around black people. Yvonne Hodges was a backup singer for me. And I finally just said, Yvonne, I grew up and we call black people coloreds. And I said, what do you prefer, colored or black? She said, well, look at my skin. What color is it? I said, well, you're black. She said, I'm not colored. I'm not purple, green, or yellow. I'm black. I said, okay, thanks. And that made me feel 
closer to her because we talked about it. And it was just my ignorance. I'm not stupid. I was ignorant to it. She took the time to educate you because yeah. she didn't just walk and away and go, that ignorant, that ignorant Reva McIntyre, I'm never talking to her again. No, she loved you enough or respected your friendship enough to like tell you that's wrong yeah. and give you that moment to evolve. Like, I think that's, that's what we should do as human beings, you know? Yeah. I have said stuff in the past that I had to go back and ask for forgiveness. You know, I didn't mean to say that. I Mm -hmm. hope I didn't hurt your feelings, but of course I did. And I am so sorry. Have you? Uh, Absolutely. And I think about it too, specifically on, which is what I always, you know, completely drill into Riley too, is that your words in on social media or online, they are forever. And you need to be even more careful. Like I want you to be careful in life, like think before you speak. But in the world we live in too, you better be extra careful before you hit send or like on so many things and think about it. Yeah. I feel like when somebody says something very hurtful and I just want to say, hey, really? Do you really feel that way? Deep down in your heart? Now, just swap places with that person. How would you feel if they said that to you? Now, go back into your body. Now, you want to say that again, really? It may hurts my heart. I know. I think that's what's hard for people. And like, you're such a loving person and you do treat people the way you want to be treated. I hope I do too. And I think what's hard is that we sometimes go, well, I don't like to think this is happening to somebody that I love or that somebody that I really love is being hurt by something because then that makes me feel bad because your heart hurts because, mm-hmm. and then you realize, but it's not about me. So I have to figure out how to be better in that moment because it does hurt your heart because I none of us like to think of somebody that we love going through the world, experiencing experiencing things in a different way than we do be, just because of maybe who they love, what they look like, the color of their skin. And that hurts us. But we have to realize, get beyond our hurt and stand with them. Yeah. Yeah. Stand by me. There you go. And I always look at somebody who is being belittled or berated. And that's somebody's little boy or little girl. That mama, how are they feeling? The greatest thing I've ever gotten to in my life is be a mama. So if you put that in another perspective, you know, cut them some slack and let's have a discussion. We're grown up people. Kids need to be taught that. Mm-hmm. Don't be cruel. Don't be hurtful. Put your arm around them. So let's go. Let's go wrestle or let's go. Let's go play. Let's go. Well, I guess when all this pandemic releases, you can do that. <laughs> well, let's wrestle from like six feet apart. No, it's not wrestle. It's wrestling. Wrestle. I know. Wrestling. wrestling. Yeah, wrestle. We've got to wrestle. But let's have a discussion. Let's talk about it instead of throwing stones and horrible words. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of discussions that can be had about this subject today. We've got a fantastic lineup to deal with this very tricky, tricky subject. So we've got writer Jen Hatmaker and star of the hit Netflix series Queer Eye, Karamo Brain. All right, ladies and gentlemen, as I promised you, we have our special guest today, Jen Hatmaker, joining us. Jen, welcome to our program. It's called Living and Learning, and we're going to learn a lot from you today. This is my co-host, Melissa Peterman, with me. Hello, Jen. We're so excited to have you. Tell us just a little bit about yourself. 
Okay. Well, just absolutely delighted to be here. So I'm Jen Hatmaker and I live just outside of Austin, Texas with my enormous family. (laughs) I've got five kids. One of them is launched and has a grown person's job. Like he pays his own cell phone bill now. I can't believe that it happened. Lovely. (laughs) Yeah. It's like a miracle. I've got another in college, one headed to the Navy and two in high school. So whatever. Yeah. Wow. Wow. I'm a writer. I'm an author. I think I have written 12 books, which is just absurd. And wow. You think, um, wait, wait, wait. You, you think you've written 12 books? I know. You know, I've lost a couple in there. That's impressive. A dozen books. That's amazing. Well, listen, um, half of them are absolute garbage. And so don't be too <laughs> impressed. I would love for you to just walk that back. And when people are like, what are you going to write next? I'm like, I don't know. I don't know anything else. I've said everything I know. And so I'm an author. I host a podcast called for the love. So much fun. A lot of people might know you from HGTV. Yep. We had a show maybe six or seven years ago called My Big Family Renovation. And we renovated this 1908 farmhouse here that was just a mess. And that was a real adventure. Still live here. Love it. And I host, I have a big book club called the Jim Hatmaker Book Club, which is the most incredible community. And I'm a speaker. So I travel and I speak at a lot of events and I have tours and it's just like the greatest, it's the greatest gig on earth. And I keep looking over my shoulder, like who's going to figure out that I should not get paid to do this? Like, it's not fair. Serving women, I just lead a huge online community, just millions of women, and they are my life's joy and the impetus for so much of my own courage and resiliency. And so I'm a very grateful leader of women and just tickled pink to be sitting here talking to you guys today. Oh, thanks so much. You're a very busy lady, Jen. I know. And there's five kids in the mix. Good Lord. It is a lot going on, you guys. Well, we're so excited because, you know, today we we were talking about sort of cancel culture and you've had some experience with cancel culture, which I think right now is such a hot topic and we're all in it and it's happening every day. Can you tell us what your experience was like feeling like you were going to be canceled? Mm. Isn't it such a strange new phenomenon that we're figuring out how to navigate? Yes. You know, the internet's given us so many valuable ways to connect with one another, but it's also made possible some of our worst behavior. Mm -hmm. And it gives us a platform to give in to our most base impulses sometimes. And I think cancel culture is a great indicative of that exact thing. So for me... And this can happen in any subculture, of course. Wherever you think your tribe is or you belong, they can turn on you in a hot second. That's right. Exactly. I kind of came up through this evangelical Christian women subculture. That is a thing. Mm -hmm. It has some crossover a little bit with your community, Reba, too. There's just a lot of, there's an overlap there. Sure. So just like with any group, there are norms, there are standards, there are rules, both spoken and unspoken right? And everybody's pretty aware of them. And that included me. And so I kind of grew up in that world. That's my first language. That's my native tongue. Like I Mm -hmm. know how to operate inside of that community. And I was really good at it. You were considered like you were the darling of the evangelical community. Yeah. I mean, you even said that about yourself too. You were their poster girl. Yeah. I knew just how to hit the marks. I really did. And I knew that in order for that to continue to serve me and keep me centered, which it did, was uh, I had to obey by some group standards. And so there were things that we said and there things were not said. There are things we talked about, things we didn't talk about. And there were things that we were supposed to believe Uh um, and all the same. 
And so for me, I understood that as I began to have some real internal dissonance with some of the group norms, some of the group beliefs, and my head and heart were saying two different things, and I had some really big questions that were generally not allowed, I knew that the price for stepping outside of those boundaries was going to be belonging. That's the currency. The currency Mm -hmm. is you get to stay, you know, you get to belong as long as you follow suit. And so I didn't want to pay it. I mean, I was scared because I would be canceled. I knew, I knew I'd seen it happen to too many people. It's very, very predictable. And this was around like 2016, right? Where you've you've been like you. Okay. That's right. And so for me, kind of the, it, it was a, it was smattering of departures, but the straw that broke the camel's back in terms of my position and favor inside my community was when, you know, I said that unequivocally I stood with my LGBTQ, like brothers and sisters and friends and neighbors with no qualifications and that, you know, we were friends and allies and aligned. And so that was it. That was the deal. That was, that was a bridge too far. And then the punishment was pretty swift. Well, that's really strange to me because being a Christian, I've always wanted to believe that. Well, my favorite saying is treat people like you want to be treated. And that a number one commandment is love the Lord and then love everybody else as you love the Lord. Love yourself. We're supposed to love. Mm-hmm. Right behind love comes support. And listen and understand. Keep an open mind. Why go to judgment so fast? That's the way I read it. When you talk about that, it was swift. Like how swift? Like what happened when you told your truth and you listened to your heart and you spoke up? Like what happened? Well, there's the there a version of cancel culture that exclusively lives on the internet. And so that thread of it is just wild. Just the, the unbelievable constant pile on all the articles written all the hit pieces, all the, that was just endless, absolutely endless. My books were pulled off shelves in one case, put out of print entirely. And we received all sorts of hate mail and people spoke to our kids in public um, about us. It was really gross, really wildly inappropriate and kind of scary, to be honest with you. I, I don't know if we're supposed to say that. I, I think we're always supposed to feel really sturdy and strong um, when you're the target of cancel culture, because at least in my case, I was standing on principle. So it was born out of conviction. But whoa, it feels actually really scary to be at the center of that much negative attention. And so it was a really hard year. I, I would say it took the better part of a year to feel like I was recovered from that level of just opposition. I can imagine. It's interesting because I can speak to it from my particular subculture in that when it comes to what you just said, Reba, which is so wise and a better way to live, my community absolutely prioritized certainty and felt very suspect toward curiosity. If that makes sense. And so, yeah, so being right was a high value. Um, being right about this and that and them and theirs and on the right side of things. And so curiosity, spiritual curiosity, which has always been celebrated actually in spiritual communities as it should be, Mm -hmm. is suspicious and often punished. And so I'm with you. I think if we have a posture of curiosity toward one another, toward each other's stories, the perspective that you bring to the table, the way that you interpret something or see it, 
I think that makes us well-rounded. It makes us more charitable. It makes us kinder and smarter and actually just better humans. And I know you had experience too with your daughter. Yeah. So tell us about that. Cause you know, part of it was your blood. It was your heart. Yeah. And when she came out and talked about her sexuality, that was part of why you had to stand so strong too. Yeah. You know, we've, that's my daughter. She's 20 and you know, as she began coming to us, and this was you know last handful of years and saying, you know, this is who I am. Like, this is who I am. This is who I've always been. This is who I've always known myself to be. This is our beloved kid. And so as it goes with anything at all, proximity is a game changer because mm-hmm. there is a real lazy way to interpret any category of people when you can just look at it on paper. You know, when it's sort of sterile and stereotypical, but up close, like in flesh and blood, like the people that you love, that you live by, that you work with, that you serve, that love you too, that is when it gets real. And I think that is when our humanity and our compassion is really put to the test. That's when we're able to say, well, what? What do I, where am I really? And so that's why I say this about a lot of groups that we are either not a part of that subculture or we don't understand or it's misunderstood or we have a fear around it. Just move in a little closer, pull up a seat to the table. That is step one. It's such a game changer and we get to know one another and turns out almost every single time we have so much in common. There's just so many things that we circle around as human beings that are the same. We want love. We want to belong. We want safety and security and compassion. And so there is plenty there to work with. We have good raw material with one another. Knowing what you know now, would you have handled anything different when you were getting canceled? Hmm. You know what? I'm really glad to tell you is that I can look back on that and feel really proud how I responded. I stayed mostly quiet. And I just let the winds blow because every single storm recedes. Every single one does. It's, that's just the nature of the beast. Mm-hmm. And so rather than say something I couldn't get back, which would have felt good at the time, to be honest with you, I had some stuff to say. <laughs> but I did. Pause, I take a moment. <laughs> yes. But I just decided that, nope, that's not who I am. Nobody gets to steal my integrity from me. Nobody. I will hang on to that. And so... I feel proud of weathering that storm with grace. And then what has come on the other side of it is such a beautiful, incredible community full of so much joy. I could not have dreamed it up if I'd have tried. And so how grateful am I to have walked through that? And then today to get to stand in this place of absolute freedom, absolute joy as a leader, as a sister, as a mom, lucky me. Honestly, lucky me. Excellent. We've all made mistakes. We've all said stupid stuff. We've done stupid things. But good lands, uh, just realize that that was in the past. Let's go forward in the future and have great conversations about it. I love that. And I think there's something really powerful, too, about being a person of of integrity who can say, I did say that and I no longer stand by that. You know, and if I could go back, I that I wouldn't have said it that way, or I wouldn't have said it at all, mm-hmm. or I wish yeah. I had that back. But I'm older, I'm wiser, I've grown. I'm sorry 
for that, but I'm no longer in that space. I think ownership and like personal responsibility goes a really long way um, as an antidote to cancel culture. Yeah. And a genuine way. Sincerity matters. Has anyone in your community, in the evangelical Christian community, reached out to you since then and said, I made a mistake. I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have, you know, dismissed you? Yeah. Yeah. And there's been some real like, beautiful reconciliation and healing between me and a lot of people in that community, even though I'm not really embedded in it anymore. And friends who never left in the first place, they stayed the whole time in like loyalty and love. And so um, I think redemption is possible. I really do. I, I think we can hold humility in one hand and truth in the other and really find a third way together. Um, where we're not identical. We're not always unanimous, but we can prioritize generosity of spirit, mm-hmm. kindness, patience. Like that is possible. I've seen it happen in my own life and I'm really grateful for it. Good deal. Great. Is there five tips to what to do if you've experienced cancellation? Do we have five mm. of them? Mm. We all mm. need some tips how to deal with it. Oh. Listen, so my tips are primarily on the other side of cancel culture. If we are tempted to join it, like if we are seeing it happen and we think, oh, I'd like to join that. So here's the first one. Okay. One thing that I've discovered in my own life that I also, as I observe cancel culture happen to so many other people, I've noticed that most of the pylons, they're hasty, they're typically mean-spirited, and they're often based on impartial information. So my first tip is just wait, Wait. like just press, you won't regret waiting, press pause, let it come to light a little bit more than the five seconds you've had to read it. Um, If an injustice turns out to be true and is worth weighing in on, it will still be true in a few days. Right. But if it wasn't, if it wasn't, and we joined in, that's regretful because that hurts. That's painful. Okay. So that's it. Wait. Here's the second one. The sort of ethos of cancel culture makes absolutely no room for the human stuff of repair, like apologies and ownership and responsibility, growth over time. And on the other side, it robs people of forgiveness. And it creates a really scary, really punitive world where no one is allowed to get it wrong or make it right. And so... My second tip is to just hang on with both hands as hard as you can to your humanity, to your humanity Mm. in both taking responsibility and also offering forgiveness, right? Just be a good human. Okay, here's the third one. I think that cancel culture has made us less discerning, less interesting, Mm. and less able to evaluate nuance. It's lazy and boring. You know, it is. It's an easy button right out of dialogue. Most issues have a million shades of gray or at least shades worth discussing, shades worth evaluating. And so I think we would do well to reprioritize the very lost art of listening. And so some useful language that I put into rotation on the regular stuff, like, tell me more about that. Um, How did you come to that conclusion? Um, Can you explain that a little bit more? What what was your experience? I'd like to understand where and you so are those coming questions, from. Those questions actually are the gateway to discussion instead of like, why would you think that? Or you know what I mean? Like you're actually you're a, you're asking a question in a way that's not judgmental. It's like really right. wanting information because I think sometimes, especially in this world where we are 
extremely divided, I think, and I, I which makes me sad too that we can't have these discussions. Is the questioning that that people mistake dialogue for stuff of like, well, that's stupid, or why do you know that? Oh my gosh, read, you know, it that doesn't work when we ask questions, and I love those questions you presented because those sound like actual an opening for conversation. It takes the charge out of the room and it makes a conversation possible. When people feel like I've, I've been heard, like you see me, you're listening uh-huh. to me. And now, now we can really discuss this yeah. um, instead of just defend. The fourth thing I would say, <laughs> I guess you guys, I just still like that old fashioned idea of giving people the benefit of the doubt. I know that it's old fashioned, but considering others through generous eyes for me is just a more life-giving way to engage. Like we can assume the best in people. Mm -hmm. I know that some of them will let us down by taking that approach, but some of them won't. Some of them won't. I think that we should remember that this salacious internet is absolutely starved for sensationalism and exaggeration and worst case scenarios. They like to make sport of other people's misery, mm, right? Boy, that that's, is what the the, that's, that's the fuel for the internet. It's an untrustworthy lens and we do not have to take part. We can just wow. opt out and see it for what it is and give people the benefit of doubt and assume the best. Yep. Okay, last. And this is just low hanging fruit, but I think we can absolutely opt out of cancel culture altogether. We are not required, none of us, to end someone publicly, no matter how many other people are doing it or pressuring us to do it. We can let the consequences of someone else's choices or behavior play out like they're going to anyway, without our input. Because you know what? Gosh, we are busy people and our energy is limited. And surely, it can be better spent on efforts that bring life and joy and love to this world. I'd rather that be my zip code mm-hmm. than spending a lot of my time and energy figuring out how to cancel people. I haven't even had the energy to cancel my gym membership. So you know what? I, we, for real, I mean, what? Where am I going? I'm not even leaving for the house. Real. Who am I, and who am I kidding? I mean, who am I kidding? So if we don't have the energy to do that, like we shouldn't be canceling people. I love the idea of we can cancel, cancel culture. We can just opt out. That's it. I love that. I think that's the wonderful idea because there's so many people who have been canceled. They probably had a lot more good to do for the world, for people listening to them, watching them on TV. And mm. But they do one thing and everybody jumps on the bandwagon of kick yeah. them off. Yeah, get and them the ones out. who probably deserve to be canceled. It's going to happen. It will happen. That's my point. It'll play out anyway. It Mm -hmm. will. It will. And so I think we can create the culture that we'd like to pass on. Uh, The one that I'd like to hand on my kids um, that isn't so punitive and terrifying and mean-spirited. And so I think we're a part of that. Just in the daily way that we engage one another, that we engage online conversations. And I believe in us. I do. I believe that people are mostly good and that kindness and compassion is still very possible. And so I'm just real committed in my world to make that my entire ethos, that that is who I will be. And so when I am on my deathbed, I'm 95 years old and I'm looking back at my life, I'll be proud of it. I'll be proud of it. And I won't have regret that I wasted so much time and energy just bringing a little more misery into an already hard world, but rather I centered on joy and love in life. Perfect. Excellent. 
And please give our love to all your family in Sydney. Well, yep. Tell her we love her. And we're I so will. thrilled that you came on the podcast with us today. I think it's brought a lot of light to a subject that needs to be talked about. And I love the thing. Let's just opt out of cancel culture. Let's just pretend that happened some time ago and go move forward with kindness, love, and let's listen instead of doing so much talking. I love it. Thanks for having Thanks, me Jen. on, you guys. Appreciate you very, very Thanks, much. Best Jen. of luck to you. Love you. Y'all stick around. We'll be speaking with star of the hit Netflix series, Queer Eye, Karamo Brain. We are thrilled to pieces to welcome to the microphone. That's the way they always said it in the old days. I love to say that again. <laughs> Our special guest, Mr. Karamo Brown. How you doing? I'm good. I have to tell you, your accent just makes me miss home. I'm from Texas. And so it's just really Houston. Okay. One phrase. Yeah. So just hearing it, I'm just like getting closer and closer to the, the speaker because I'm just like, <laughs> oh, I'm home. I'm such a big fan of yours. And I thank you for bringing it back. And I was so excited when it was coming back and I wasn't sure what new thing they could bring to Queer. And you guys like just surpassed every expectation. I have watched every season at least twice. I have bawled on a plane next to strangers. And I'm like, he went back to his high school, his high school drama teacher. There's another layer to it, I feel like. And I think that's something that you also really bring to it, which is the inside, you know, not just like this makeover of home and, and appearance, but it's just really special and touching and powerful. And so I'm getting that out of the way right now at the top of the show, because I just... Love it so much. I really appreciate that. Thank you so much. We, um, we're, we're literally, and I tell people this, they don't believe us. Every time we do an episode, we're always like, is this the last one? Because we never know how people are going to respond. We're, we're not in the sense of like, oh, we're stars or something. And so we're always just humbled to help people. And I think um, it comes across that like we genuinely just really like helping people. And also thank you for acknowledging the change in the show because when I auditioned for it, all the guys that were in my category all owned art galleries. They all were, you know, Broadway stars. And like I was, the culture guy, the, yeah, cult, the like culture that guy. guy. And then I came in and I was like, well, I'm a mental health expert. And I think that's what the show needs. And luckily the network went with that way because on the original show, no one was talking about why people were having these issues. And, you know, I'm a big believer, like you can change your clothes, you can change your hair, you can change your diet. But if you don't understand why you got into the place where you were, where those things got out of order, then you're just going to go right back. You have to dig a little deeper. And so I'm thankful that they allow me to do that work on the show and, and, you know, get a little deeper and stuff. So what is your, what's for everyone who doesn't know, and I don't know who you are, cause you're insane, who doesn't watch uh, Queer Eye. What is your official title on the show? Culture. It still is. Isn't it is it? Okay. Yeah. They said they can't change it. So like we petitioned for like, you know, counselor, you know, um, we petitioned for the uh, life coach, life coach, anything, but they were like, no, we keep it the, the, the same. So, you know, it's fine. As somebody who's going to try to address the insides of somebody, how do you figure out what's the best way to do it? Because sometimes you take them to a community place where they can do this. Sometimes it's a class about public speaking that will give them confidence. How do you figure that out? Yeah. So a lot of people don't know that when we get in the car for our car drive is the first time we ever learn about the person we're helping. We Our producers do such a great job of keeping us in the dark because they want that authentic 
experience of us meeting each other for the first time. Because what happens if we had information, we would all sort of prejudge the person, which is just human nature. And so we try to avoid that by not coming in with any expectations of like, ooh, this and that. Um, And for me, I have to spend a lot of time with them asking a lot of questions and also listening in on what they talk about with the other guys, because I then pick up clues to figure out how to help them. Season one, two, and three, people would always say, why are you always the one driving the hero around? And it was because in between a scene with another guy, I would pick them up because I could then dissect what the conversation they had and try to get little cues and nuances of what their, you know, key issue was. Wonderful. Mm -hmm. I was so thrilled when you were going to be one of our guests. We want to jump right in. We want to, because we're so excited to hear because today we're talking about a subject that is, you know, it's out there. It's prevalent. There's a lot of it. We're talking about cancel culture. Yeah. I've seen some of your interviews on it and I think you have a lot to say about it. Have you ever been canceled? Yeah, actually I was last year. I don't, I don't talk about it often, but we're, we're with our family here. So I was on Dancing with the Stars. Mm-hmm. Former press secretary, Sean Spicer, who was on the show right. as well. And literally I said he was a nice guy because, you know, when you are do any show, you all know, um, or you could be on a concert, you meet other talents for five seconds. Is You're not talking about politics. You're not talking about anything. You're just you're like- and change each other's lives in that five seconds. Not, yeah, services. Yeah. And so I was like, yeah, you know, I, I, I never met him before, but he was a nice guy in these five seconds. And he was like, you are the bad person. How could you? And I was like, what? And then I doubled down and was like, oh, I, but I, he was a nice guy, which only made it worse. And so I got canceled. Right. And then people were like, well, you can't be friends with him. You have to protest the show. You have to stop talking to him. And I was like, well, no. I mean, yes, we have different political views, but if I don't interact with him and we don't talk, then he's never going to see my point of view and I'm never going to have an opportunity to understand his point of view. And I think Mm -hmm. that's what we're missing in this country is like the empathy and the education of saying, let's talk to other people. And so I literally was like, I don't, again, being stubborn, this is my mom talk. (laughs) I doubled (laughs) down and was like, put my trailer right next to his because you're not going to pressure me not to talk to this man. Way to go. It was great because during that time, we did learn a lot. I taught him stuff. He taught me stuff. And there were some of these things that were political. And I don't want to get too political on this, but like just to give you some examples is the administration that he supports, you know, has an issue with LGBTQ people adopting Mm -hmm. or single women adopting. Uh And they're trying to pass legislation to not allow that. And I'm a father, a single father, and one of my sons is adopted. And so our trailers are next to each other. He's talking to my sons. His kids are next to my kids. The kids are playing because kids don't know what's going on. And then one day when we were eating at the practice, I said, hey, um, not to get political, but, you know, I know your administration doesn't support, you know, LGBT people adopting. You, I'm a gay guy. You like my kids. You say how great of a father I am. Do you think it's right? And he was like, uh, well, no, I never thought about it that way. And the conversation ended right there. It wasn't like I was going to hammer him or tell him he was wrong. It was just about saying, can I expose you to my life that maybe it will change the way you vote or the way you talk to constituents later, you know? And I think that's the importance that we're missing now, letting people see each other's lives. I love that you set an example instead of browbeating him into seeing your way. Way to go. That's wonderful. I appreciate that. You know, and, and I think that's what we all, right now, everyone is so, get on Twitter and beat you up. You, you're wrong. You're this. But I'm like, 
if you tell me I'm wrong, all it's going to do is just make me find people who think I'm right. It's not going to mm-hmm. make me listen to you. <laughs> so how about I say, you know, your perspective is valid and my perspective is valid, but let's figure out if there's a middle ground that we can both come to. And I think that's what was nice about that moment that I was canceled in. And I think what's so great, and you, you've talked about it, and I've loved all your the interviews I've seen, is that had you done that and not been a stubborn and just walked away, you wouldn't have a conversation. And I think that's what we're missing too, is like, if you just say, bye, 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 bye now. And you don't have it, you stop the conversation and without conversation, nobody can evolve and nobody can change. And I think it's so much harder to hate something that's in front of you or like when that's how people change, right? When they're, when they're around it and they know it and they love, and it's hard when it's not an idea anymore. It's right there in mm-hmm. front of you. That's exactly it. And I think people forget that. Like they think it's an idea or a concept and we're arguing on those, but we forget behind those ideas and concepts are real human beings. I'm not saying that he's never been around a gay father, but he had never had a gay father right there in front of him eating lunch with our kids playing together. I, I'm almost sure that never happened. And in that moment, you had no choice but to say, am I really fighting this idea or am I fighting this human being? Mm-hmm. And he realized he was fighting for an idea, but not the human being. And if you want to fight for the human being, you have to realize that you would be tearing apart my family. <laughs> and I, I think it's just, you know, when you do those things that uh, people change and grow. Wow. You were on another podcast that I loved it when you said, because growth is uncomfortable. Change is uncomfortable. Okay. These conversations we're all having right now in the environment we're in, which I think are also exasperated because we're all been on lockdown and we're a little <laughs> bit sensitive and emotional. And then the world is upsetting and anxiety ridden, but we have to have uncomfortable conversations. Mm-hmm. We just do because yeah. we'll be better for them. Amen. Because we all see the world through the lens of our own history. Yeah. And it's sort of been open to that idea of going, your experience is not mine. And we all have something to learn from each other. Oh my gosh. Can you repeat that? Because I think sometimes one side always thinks they're more right. And I'm always like, no, we all have something to learn from each other. Like if you just listen, even in some of the most heated conversations, there's something I can gain and you can gain. And I think that's a lesson that people are forgotten because they get on Twitter and they want to just spit what they say. And this is fact and this is true. And then there's nothing to it. And I'm like, well, then you're shutting yourself off from growing and being curious about the world and learning that there's other perspectives and people out there who you can gain so much from. Mm -hmm. Love. There's a great country song. The lyrics are, I'll start walking your way and you start walking mine. Mm -hmm. Let's meet in the middle. Why yeah. can't we just meet in the middle? Right. And, and if it doesn't work out, agree to disagree and go on with your life. But as you said, I'm sure you'll learn something. Yeah. Yeah. I like that song. What song is that? Meet in the middle. Add that to my playlist. Diamond Rio. <laughs> we all know there's a difference between, you know, making a mistake out of ignorance because we do better when we know better, right? Yeah. There's definitely a difference between misspeaking or making a mistake and somebody who's legitimately been called out for something awful. Yeah. Because of social media, sometimes we can find out some really awful stuff about people and we do cancel them. So when does somebody deserve to be canceled? Never. This is my, uh, this is my opinion because I think that canceling stops growth. It stops education. Like when you cancel something, if you cancel your subscription, I want people to truly understand this, which you two do. But if you cancel your subscription, you never see that platform again. You never see that show again. You never see that song again. And when you don't see it, 
then you have stopped yourself from ever growing, learning, being curious or anything. I think instead of canceling, we should be counseling. And I think that we have to also remember that we are human beings. And even though we are adults and in our 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, there's still a childlike essence in every single one of us where we are still learning and trying to figure out how to navigate this world. And so the same way, if your child kept doing something, you're going to say, hey, listen, I need you to learn because it's going to hurt you. Like things are going to not be good. And sometimes there's some kids who get it on the first try and they're like, yeah, mommy, I, I won't do it again. Or yes, dad, I won't do it again. And there's some kids I was that kid who was hard-headed. I bumped my head 10 times. My mama said, don't do that. And I was like, you mean don't do this? And I did it again. And so we have to remember that's still in all of us as adults. And so, yes, you don't want anyone to make ignorant comments. You don't want anyone to make hurtful comments. But if they've shown that they want to try, if they've shown that they want to learn, you have to respect their journey of growth and education. And I think that's important because a lot of times we want people to grow at our own pace. And it's like, I can't grow at your pace. I have to grow and learn at my pace. You know, and I think that's what people forget. And that's why they're like, I'm canceling you. You're done. Instead of saying, well, no, you're going to need a little bit more time. Because if you spent 30 years learning something, you ain't going to learn it, unlearn it in one night. You know, it's not just going to happen. That's not how psychology works. That's not how our minds work. It's going to take some time. But because of Twitter and this cancel culture, people say, mm -hmm. it took you 30 years to learn that, but now you got to unlearn that in one night. And if you slip up again, I'm mad at you. And then also, I think that there's a problem with digging up people's past to hurt them instead of trying to inform them. Oh, wow. Think, yes. Thank you for that. It, it's, it's, it's just wrong. It's like, I'm so glad that I didn't grow up in this generation where like when I was 15 or 20 or 21 in college, I mean, come on, like there were some parties I went to that I was problematic probably as, you know, uh, just out there in an outfit I shouldn't have been in doing something. Oh, I would have been canceled just for the spiral perms alone that I kept What are you doing? Uh, it's not working for you. <laughs> but I mean, they like to dig that up and say, look at you, 2014, you said this. We knew you were a bad person. It's like, well, how I was in 2014 doesn't represent necessarily how I am today. Because between 2014 and 2020, I might have experienced individuals, situations that have helped me to see how I can be better for myself and for other people. And people don't give people that chance to have growth. It's like one tweet, you're wrong. That's who you are. And I tell people all the time, you never would look at a photo of somebody or of yourself from eighth grade and be like, this is still me. You would never do it. You always say, oh my gosh, look, oh, I'm so glad I learned not to wear my hair like that. Oh my gosh, I'm glad that I'm still not boy crazy like that. I'm still glad. <laughs> so why can't we do that for people when we see something in their past that they've grown from? What kind of consequences do you think there should be if someone doesn't learn or take the time to learn? Yeah, well, I first of all think if Instead of focusing on them, I think it's important for you to amplify your voice more and build your community more. Because I think sometimes we get big on amplifying and like talking about the person that is saying negativity and we actually end up giving them more power. Mm -hmm. I've been to, we've all done this. We've been to a party or family gathering where there's one negative auntie. And instead of us all focused on that auntie, we're like, let's go in the other room and still play the game, listen to music and have fun. And then what happens is that 
No one's focusing on the negative auntie anymore because we are amplifying the goodness. And I think sometimes if we see someone who has a continuous pattern of saying negative things or doing hurtful things and are saying, I don't want to grow and change, well, then we're going to amplify our goodness and we're going to keep pushing that instead of focusing on them. And then as far as consequences, you know, I I can't be judge or jury. You know, it's one of these hard things of like, you know, I'm I'm a Christian man and I believe that God is the only judge and jury in this. You know, if you are in a position of power and you are doing harmful stuff, yes, there should be ramifications, but I don't know what those are because every situation changes. And so that's where I say like, I don't like cancel culture because it makes it monolithic. It's like everyone should just get fired. And well, I don't know if that's the proper consequence because if you fire this one, you might just replace this asshole with another asshole. So I don't, I don't, I don't know if that's going to be. The, so it's like, it's very weird for me to say what the consequences is. And so that's why for me, I just, I just try to help people to say, listen, it, let's focus on the good. And even in the good, express what you need, express like how you can see the world better. And maybe that could guide the consequence versus being like, this person's out or this person is, I, you know, it's a weird dynamic, but you just kind of got to navigate it the best you can. Wow. Oh my gosh. I'm glad we're recording this. So wise. How old are you? Do you mind me asking? Yeah, of course. I love aging. I'm turning 40 in November. Wow. You're so <gasps> smart. Lots of wisdom. What advice would you give somebody if it was a friend of yours, someone you loved who did say something, they misspoke publicly and everyone's like, cancel, bye bye. What advice would you give them? Acknowledgement. And I think that's key, not just for cancel culture, but also in your own interpersonal relationships with your husband, your wife, your daughter. Acknowledge that someone's feelings are valid. And I think what happens is that because none of us want to be wrong, you know, and I think this happens when we're children, we get scolded for telling the truth, which has always baffled my mind. Like when I became a parent, one of the first things I did is that if my children did something bad and they were honest to me and I didn't have to find out, I didn't scold them. Don't get me wrong. There was still a repercussion. They would have to take out the trash, look more, do, you know, do some more yard work. But I didn't scold them because I'm like, if you scold someone for being honest, then you're teaching them honesty is a bad trait. And so I'm always about like acknowledging what someone is feeling in that moment. And the minute you say, I'm sorry, but anytime there's a but in there, then you already know it's fake because you can't, you can't qualify your apology by saying, but because the minute you say, but you, you, you take away the acknowledgement of what someone else is saying they feel. And so if someone comes up to you and says, you hurt me, even if you don't know that's right, say, you know what? I heard you. I acknowledge that I might have heard you because the other person's feelings are valid. And I think that helps to ease the tension and people can then start having a conversation that is more open and honest versus being on the defense. I feel like I've gone to therapy here. (laughs) You know what? So many things have been like an onion just peeled back and how you approach people, how you sit back and listen, how you go back. If you've done something to somebody and you say, I'm sorry, please forgive me. Yeah. And those words right there, if that doesn't open a door that's been bolted shut, Mm -hmm. nothing will. Yeah. uh, This is getting to me. (laughs) <laughs> Who do I pay for this therapy? <laughs> I told you. I'm telling you, not go wow. watch a show crying on a plane by yourself with the Bloody Mary. <laughs> but we'll be sitting by each other crying. <laughs> so do you guys want to play a game? They say they have a little game for us to play. Do you want to play? Yeah, it? with it. Okay. All right. Has this person been canceled? 
here we go. So has this person been canceled? Yes or no? Chrissy Teigen. Yes, recently. Right. Wasn't it just now on Twitter? Yeah. And it's so horrible because they're like attacking her children. I, I think that's oh, one of the no. things that I don't get about people. Don't attack people's kids. Like, come for me as an adult. But why do you go vicious for children? It just, it's wow. sad. Yeah. Terrible. It's crazy. Terrible. Okay. Tom Hanks. Has he been canceled? Hopefully not. That's a sweet man. Tom Hanks? No. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Lena Dunham. Oh, I'm sure she's been canceled. I'm sure she has. Yeah. Okay. Julia Roberts. No, I don't think so. I not hope to my not. knowledge. Not to my knowledge either. Beyonce. Please not the queen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I want a fan. Exactly. Shania Twain. I think she was recently, unfortunately. What for? I think that, oh my gosh, I remember the same. And this is the crazy part. We cancel people and then people don't even remember what they cancel someone for. So you just ruined somebody's life and then you moved on. No idea. Yeah, I've never heard that. We can't even remember now. This poor woman's life might have been affected, but I do remember the news. She did get canceled, Shania. It was something over Trump, but I didn't read it. That was just the headline. You know what? I just love that you this game, whatever, it made us have that point because we don't remember. Like one day we're like enraged, like, ugh, the thank goodness, deserve that. And the next, you know, we have like a Frappuccino and a week later, we're like, we have no idea. And what? we may have completely destroyed someone's career or life for no reason. Maybe it was a good one. And hopefully, I don't know. I just, I think that's a good point that some, we don't even remember. We don't um, remember, yeah. Give them a chance to like learn and grow. All right, we got one more person and then we're going to end the okay. game. Here we are. Okay, Reba McIntyre. No. Not and to my ever cancels my Reba, I am literally fighting them. Like, that's where I'm going to war. All right? <laughs> Just let you know. I'm going to war. You are a sweetheart. Thank you for joining us here today. Oh my gosh, I have learned so much. I'm going to watch the show. Thank you very much. This was a lot of fun. Thank you so much. Have a great day. So nice to meet you. So great to meet you both as well. Thank you. Thanks. Bye. Bye-bye. I love him. Oh my gosh. Unbelievable. I was crying. I, I got to go get me a Kleenex. What a wise man. I love both of them so much. And I think they both kind of touched on the same thing that when something's in front of you, you learn from it. And if we all decide just to push things out the minute it scares us, we're never going to learn. And my favorite tip was pause. You know what I mean? Like it's so mm -hmm. easy in our world because of the internet, just to immediately react to something. And if it's true, it's still going to be the same tomorrow. When they say something, give them the benefit, benefit of, the, of doubt the doubt that they might've meant something else, but you don't know. So if you have a discussion and you can talk about it, then they can come back and say something. You'll say, oh, okay, well, now I'm glad you said that because I took it the opposite way. And then, no, no. So don't jump to conclusions. It's better to pause. And the minute we cancel somebody, we've taken away our opportunity to hear them because we've silenced them. Taken away an opportunity to learn a different viewpoint, a different opinion. And you may not still agree with it, but why do we all have to be the same? No. If God wanted us all to be the same, he would have made a cookie cutter instead of taking such time to make every one of us. Well, I'm really glad Jen and Karama was with us on this show today. I, I just hope everybody, if we've taken anything away from this show today, please have an open mind, an open heart. Let's not be so quick to judge. And for God's sake, let's love. Be kind. That's the best way to learn from our fellow human beings. Well, I can't add anything better than that. I think we're done for the day. We did it. <laughs> 
Living and Learning with Reba McIntyre is a Spotify original podcast. Hosted and produced by me, Reba McIntyre, and my dear friend, Melissa Peterman. Our executive producers are Liz Gately, Yossi Salek, Gina Delvac, Danny Trebatch, and Justin McIntosh. Also produced by Dylan Rupert. Michael Hardman is our editor. Original music is composed by Doug Sizemore. Special thanks to Cultivated Entertainment, Leah Edwards, Alec Nelson, Robert Adler, and Casey Simonson for production support.